Before we get started here on this episode, I just got some more updates for everybody. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I was going to be launching a Patreon page on patreon.com for the show, which is pretty much you can subscribe for a dollar a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, five hundred dollars a month, ten thousand dollars a month. If anybody can subscribe to this for ten thousand dollars, please do, and I can finally maybe get some film ideas I have off the ground. Now, I know what you're thinking. Tyler, what the hell? This is a free show, man. I dig it every Monday, and I like listening to it, and now you want me to pay? No. Patreon.com is just something for artists who can, you know, put their art up there and have people subscribe to them and pretty much just donate, you know, just that, like a dollar a month to just kind of help them support and help them keep going with something. And in return, that artist or that podcaster like me will be giving you back, you know, bonus content, prizes, gifts, t-shirts, videos, just stuff to kind of give like as a big thank you to just, you know, helping me out. I'm not putting a gun to your head. You can just listen to the show every Monday. But if you want that little extra special thing, I got some things lined up to maybe give back if you were to subscribe to the Patreon page. That should be up in a couple weeks. I will have an update for you when I do. Now, the second order of business is, well, let me ask you guys just a question. And obviously you can't really respond back to me, but we'll, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. Are you a big fan of horror movies? You big fan of serial killers? You big fan of uh, monsters in the dark, psychological thrillers, really fucked up grindhouse horror movies with chainsaw-wielding maniacs? Or do you even just like, you know, something simple like Hocus Pocus on Disney+. Plus? Either way, I hope you're excited because for the entire month of October, I'm devoting the show to pretty much that genre. Now, I've joked on the show plenty of times that I feel like this could also double as a horror show because I have a lot of people that work in that genre that come on and talk about things. Well, for October, I'm pretty much lining up for that to be what the show is completely about. I'm bringing on a variety of guests to just talk nonstop horror for the month of October. And if you, the listener, are lucky, we might just be pulling two episodes, maybe even three a week, just because I love talking horror movies. Anyway, on to today's episode. KT Baldessaro is what we like to call the triple threat. She's a writer, director, and she gets in front of the camera. She popped up on my radar a few years back. She was in a short film that got a lot of praise called The Girl in the Basement. See the parallel here? The Girl in the Basement's coming on this show, The Basement. Anyway, that's my attempt at cheap humor. She's here today to give me some insight on pretty much the behind the scenes on that project, which is going to be available for you to view in the show notes if you'd like. Her and I also do a deep dive into those glorious days of going to a video store and picking out a movie. There's a lot of special conversations in today's episode that I think you all really appreciate. And just a side note, we recorded this episode a couple months ago. Well, you know, vaccine rates were looking pretty good and, you know, now things have kind of changed a little bit. So here's to hoping that things go back to how they maybe were three or four months ago. Anyway... Welcome to the basement, everybody.
Hey, Katie Baldessaro. Hey, it's good to be here. Welcome to the basement. I'm so happy you could uh, come by, talk to me today. Absolutely. I'm kind of excited to uh, just chat with you. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Uh, Question for you off the bat. What does KT stand for? (laughs) It's actually, it's just my first name. It's like Katie, but it just doesn't have the vowels in it. And it's, it's kind of ironic because I grew up in New York City, so... Most people pronounce my name letter K, letter D, because a T in New York is going to be a D anyway. All <laughs> so right, I so accept any pronunciation of a variation close to. <laughs> so KT stands for Katie, and um, I should have known that. I'm officially a dumbass, and um, I've lost viewership now because <laughs> I'm really dumb. So uh, anyway, moving on. Let's just keep the show rolling. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm really happy you're on the show. I'm happy. I really wanted to reach out to you. I mean, obviously you like put up a Facebook post about podcasts and whatnot. <laughs> and it was kind of like... I didn't want you to feel called out. No, I was just like listening to podcasts as I paint and I had this thought. No, like I, I was just kind of like thinking, I was like, oh, like you were just like something about, I don't know, what was it? I, I forget. I was, I was listening to a podcast and I thought, you know, how many episodes am I into this podcast where we're talking about people in, in an art form where we have not talked to a single person of color or a woman? <laughs> and I was like, man, I really feel like I'm in this white echo chamber um, of, you know, and, I, and I, 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 I called that out on Facebook. I was like, you know, if you're running a podcast, you may, should ask yourself this question. I just asked myself. No, um, I did not feel attacked. Uh, Because at the time I was actually recording a lot of uh, women guests for the show that are the guests that are women that the episodes have yet to air. But because it was funny when I read that, I was like, I actually was thinking like a couple of days before I was like, I kind of want to reach out to KT. I know she does like a lot of cool shit. And, uh, and then I saw that. So that's, that's why I was like, it's funny that you say that, uh, do you want to come on the show? And here we are. And here we are. Um, (laughs) so, I mean, you do a lot of different things. You're in front of the camera. You've been behind the camera. I also wrote like you do some screenwriting. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, that's all I've been doing for the past year and a half. I, I can't really pick up a camera and direct anything at the moment. I'm in director's jail probably. I just don't even know it. <laughs> and so I've just been writing nonstop and pitching and whatnot, but this yeah. isn't about me. Um, oh, well, hey, it can be a little bit. No, I, I, I appreciate that. But um, no, I just know you do a lot of different cool creative things and I really wanted to reach out. So to have you here is a pleasure. So enough about me talking about you. Just give me your resume right here, right now. Oh, wow. Blah. I think uh, I do a lot of weird stuff. And I think that first starts with uh, people know me that I do circus. I do aerial circus. Uh, We were just talking about how uh, I'm sorry that it's been raining for the last two weeks because I took two weeks off to install uh, an outdoor aerial rig that I just bought. And so like, that's why New England has been utterly, we can curse on the basement, right? Uh, You know, utterly effed. No. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We just fucked. I just, I'm sorry. It's my you fault. You can say all the fucks um, you want. Like, it's kind of funny. Um, but, you asked me that, the audio got screwed up. So. Oh, beautiful. So it sounds like I, I cribbed myself. Like, I, you know, I have a built-in 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> if this was a PG-rated I, podcast, I wouldn't have had to do any editing there. So thank you. I, I, had a, I was on a podcast once where they told me, like, look, you can curse, but you have to wait five minutes in. And so I was like, oh, I got to set a timer because I know I curse, but I really got to remember. And I'm also a bit of a stoner, so I have no concept of time. So telling me I can curse, but telling me I have to wait is like, fuck. <laughs> I will screw up. Okay, no, you don't have to um, wait five minutes. But um, keep going with that. Yeah, it's getting back onto track. Um, outside of that kind of like oblique hobbies that I do, um, I'm also a writer, director, actor. I've done a lot of the New England independent film scene, a lot of the background stuff with Boston casting, um, a lot of the Duncan commercial auditions that we all do when we're in New England. <laughs> Wait, so that's, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I like dipped my toe in acting up there and it didn't really work out, but I wasn't taking it that seriously. But you all, that's like the big thing you audition for up there is Dunkin'. Um, mass lottery commercials, Dunkin' Donuts commercials. Let me tell you what. I was a jogger at a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, only filmed half a day. Sad great. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. No, I mean, I can assume it. Like, I mean, Dunkin' started where? It's Quincy, right? Massachusetts? Quincy? I, I, you have to assume, like, the heart of Massachusetts, the second the Pilgrims landed, it is the most New England thing I can think of. Yeah, no. I love that Saturday Live skit that they did um, with uh, not Casey Affleck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got, the, I got the coupon right here, and he pulls his phone up, and, like, his screen's all cracked and everything. Yeah. So accurate. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, also getting back on track, uh, yeah, I have written and directed this film, Girl in the Basement, which had a lot of good success. We had a Kickstarter, we had it funded. Um, it's a little bit of a short film uh, based on the concept of what if we could tell a bottle episode, which is, you know, something that's in yeah. one location with one actor, really little money, because we're talking about shoestring. I think we did that on $3,000. I remember the crowdfunding campaign. It was before I knew you. It was, I knew Jared. Mm -hmm, yeah. And I remember seeing that thing blow up and no, it was, it was pretty cool. It was, it was definitely big. It was big. And I, I've seen it. I, I actually, I think I rented it when it came out. It, it was, it was dope. It was dope. Thank you so much. I will touch on that. I, no, no, no. Keep going. You know what? Let's start with Girl in the Basement, actually, because okay. I was going to save it for the back end of the episode. But sure. No, because that was kind of like my intro, if you don't mind, or did you want to? Yeah, let's do it. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, Girl in the Basement, uh, that came out like 2015 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just how'd that, how'd that come together? Because it was cool. I loved it. That came together out of like. I think really my husband and I were sitting down and this is, this is again, we can kind of also segue into creative process by talking about how that came about. Perfect. Um, husband and I were sitting down and we're talking about the concept of bottle episodes and the concepts of one location and short stories and, and this idea of anorexia and how could you, how could you tell a story where 
you have a villain and you have a main character, but you only have one person present in the location. And so we had to create the main character who could terrorize herself, which is kind of how anorexia works and kind of how type A personalities work. Um, and if you're familiar with the Stephen King short story, I think it's called Survive yeah, Survivor Type. No, I haven't seen that or read that one. <laughs> if, you, so if, you're a, if you're a Stephen King fan, Skeleton yeah. Crew is one of my favorite collections of his short stories. And Survivor Type is in uh, Skeleton Crew. And it's about a guy who is um, a doctor who winds up getting stranded on, a, on an island and the, the lengths to which he attempts to survive. Uh, and Girl in the Basement kind of takes that, okay, so what are the lengths to which you believe you can ex you know, have this disease? And, and literally this woman starts to consume herself in order to survive because she's stuck in this basement and the serial killer above her has killed herself, has killed himself. Um, and the irony is that Hallmark uh, released a movie this year called Girl in the Basement. And it's, it's kind of almost self-fulfilling because you know, I'll attention to that for a second. But Girl in the Basement, the Hallmark film from 2021, uh, starring the guy from The Breakfast Club, the one at the end who goes like this. Um, oh. I know, right? Fuck. Mm. Keep going. I'm gonna look him up and I'll just try that uh, as the as the like bad guy, uh, which is the true life story of a man who like locked his daughter in his basement and systematically raped her, and you know, like, she had children, and it's like really horrific, <clears throat> and it's called Girl in the Basement, and so we have a Facebook page for our movie when we did it and everything, um, and now we're getting tons of contacts and like likes and comments because people are mistaking us for that that movie and it's it's people are asking me if I'm the main character from the movie and I'm having to explain the timeline and how I'm only 36 and like also no like straight no that's awesome it's, yeah, it, it is it's Judd Nelson Judd Nelson sorry thank you thank you <laughs> Although we did gain like 500 new followers and I think a couple people downloaded the movie on Vimeo anyway and I, I, I hope they liked it. <laughs> is it still available on like on demand? Like, cause I, yeah. okay, cool. Cause I remember when it came out, it was, I think Vimeo or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I rented it and saw it twice. And so it's good to hear it from, cause I didn't hear any behind the scenes. I didn't hear it from the creator's perspective. Yeah, because so, yeah. honestly, I don't know. I like. I feel like this show is part a horror movie show, or just, or just you know, just that genre. Because I feel like, as we record this, I've already had like two or three episodes where we're talking horror stuff, and I feel like maybe like seven, eight years ago when I'd watch horror movies, maybe I don't know if it's age or I just wasn't there intellectually. I don't know, but. Um, I didn't pick up on a lot of so much social commentary that's in that genre and just how much we project our fears out into these, these films and stuff. And so like to hear you talk about anorexia and stuff like that, I, I mean, at the time I saw it, I thought it was a cool movie, but like, I honestly, me, I don't know. I, it's been like six years since I've seen it, but I wasn't really thinking about that at the time. It just went over right. my head. I just thought it was a cool, fun concept and a great short film, 
but that is that's pretty fucking cool i must say i mean i mean it's a dark subject but still well yeah absolutely and 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 i think that that's why so many people come to making horror movies is because we have something to say about a difficult or dark subject um and and the medium takes it well um although there's always that feeling of like um you know, if you say Moby Dick is a story about a guy looking for a whale, you'll flunk English. If you know, if you say it's about the Civil War, you'll get an A. So, like, is it about that, or am I bringing it to this? Did the director intend that? And in, in either way, does it matter if it tells the story and, and gets you thinking about that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's the kind of story that I get compelled to, or that's the kind of thing where like a moment will happen. And it'll stick in your head and it'll just turn around. And that's how you start writing the script because you're like, this, this is just too cool. I have to, I have to keep fleshing this out. It keeps making me think about it. Interesting. No, I, I, I agree. It's, it's probably my favorite genre. I, I, I like to say my, my Sunday ritual is I, I put on like a really fucked up horror movie because it's just like me fleshing out my anxieties and my fears of the week of everything that's been on the news Mm -hmm. I, i mean especially over the last four or five years everything we've had to witness on tv and i and probably the next four who knows anyway i'm not gonna get into that but i just like i'll put on something like really fucked up that just uh, but like once it's over, it just makes me feel better. And it's like, I'm ready for my week again. I don't know. It's just my Sunday ritual. I don't really know I'm going out there, but yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a wonderful release. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, again, that's a lot of why people come to it. I mean, uh, even when it's kind of silly, well, I mean, are you, are you very much into music? Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, I think horror is one of the few genres that really has specific tempos and beats and expectations uh even with the cinematography like you know the the always the hard cut back to the mirror and you expect yeah. someone to be standing behind and, and the way that it's framed to give you these these almost expectations that it can kind of fuck with um is a little bit the way that music is um and i think that, that that's it's exceptionally compelling um Interesting. i think it was uh Wes Craven that said something about, you know, all these people that have done these atrocities in the world, probably never seen a horror film. I, I don't, I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but like, you know, um, I, I kind of believe it. I, I don't know, but cause we're projecting our fears on screen and stuff, but. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. if you're sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, no, no. I was just agreeing. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously you're a fan of the, that genre and like what, just to kind of branch off into like, what's kind of inspired you over your life, maybe within that genre or not, like what's, what, what did, what did you, I mean, let's go back to the beginning actually, where it all, like what kind of got you into either behind the camera or in front of the camera stuff? Oh, well, that's, that's always a great question. And it's two vastly different experiences. Um, yeah. <clears throat> And, and one is a little, like, I find later on in an adult is a bit fake. Uh, I saw My Fair Lady uh, with Audrey Hepburn. Okay. And I was like, eight. And, and the, you know, the theatrics of it, the bigness of it, how pretty it was. I was like, damn, I want to do that. Um, and, of course, she doesn't even actually sing. She has someone else sing for her. 
which is fitting because I'm a shite singer. So, <laughs> but then also, I watched every single horror movie that was on Channel Eleven in WPIX, which is a station in Queens. But like, my brother and I and my sister, we would argue about what we would do if zombies attacked. Uh, talk about paracopters, which are personal <clears throat> mounted devices that allow you to fly off of buildings, which is you know, common in New York City. So you could just, just fly over zombies if you needed to. Okay. Like we were, we were really into it. Um, and my parents did not, for some reason, control that particular genre. Like an R in a horror movie didn't matter because it wasn't about sex, it was about violence. So they're like, okay, yeah, watch whatever, yeah. we don't care. And their first yeah. date, Night of the Living Dead in in color, so like they and they also wanted to watch it, so they're like, you know what, you're gonna you're gonna watch it because this is what we fucking want to watch. But those kinds of things, and then starting to see movies like, have you ever seen Ravenous? Uh who's in it? Guy Pierce, um, Robert Carlyle. They're uh, like out in the woods, right in the winter. All right, it's been a minute. Cannibalism. Yeah, it's yeah. Isn't uh David Arquette? Is David Arquette's in it. Yeah, he's in that. It's been a minute, and I know it's a pretty wild movie. I I gotta revisit that, but yeah, I I know what you're getting at. Um, I got that out of a 99 cent bin at Blockbuster when I was like 14. Nice. That hit perfect, and that's a female director, and it was just right. It's like such good storytelling. And um, and again, that's another one that really uses the music and its soundtrack and its tempo. It has a super crazy Appalachian, uh, like throat singing soundtrack um, to, to kind of build this whole experience. Uh, I really, really made me want to be making movies. So you're getting stuff for 99 cents at Blockbuster. So, I, I mean, you're... <laughs> People know how old I am now. Well, Fuck. I, 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 I'm, <laughs> but like, you know, we're close to the same age. So, you know, I grew up in the, the video store era too. So was that always the aisle, the horror aisle you flocked to? Absolutely. And like the way that that system was set up, you could just constantly get shit that yeah. like, you had no, it was a real roll of the die. You know, it could be Leprechaun 17, Pumpkinhead <laughs> 5. Pumpkinhead, but I remember, and we're from the same area um, in Western Mass. There was a, I don't know if you remember this, or I don't know if you were still living in New York. When did you move to Western Mass? I moved to Western Mass to go to Smith College, so right around when I was 18 in uh, 2003. Oh, okay. So this is when I was like four or five. So this was like, years, but there was, um, you know, on... Forgive any listeners that aren't from Western Mass that are listening to this. But anyway, on uh, 5 and 10 headed towards 91 in Hatfield, I think mm-hmm. there's like a car dealership up on a hill there on the left. Mm-hmm. There's like a little plaza in there. I don't know if it's still there, but there yeah. used to be a video store there. And I used to rent either the Goonies or Peter Pan, the Disney, the old Disney one there. Um, that was the only thing I ever rented, but I used to like, kind of when my mom wasn't looking, I'd kind of just wander into the horror aisle. And I just remember those memories of picking up a box of a VHS rental and like slowly, like daring myself to turn it, to see what was on the back. Cause like the cover scared the shit out of me, shit out of me, but like, what could be on the back? 
and I remember, I mean, I have an older brother, um, and he used to, he'd watch anything. He, he watched all the Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, boys from that era. They watched all the action movie stuff, but he also watched horror stuff. And I knew of like, you know, your Jason's and your Freddy's. So I, when I'd see the VHS tapes there, you know, I would like just dare myself to look at them. And I remember the one that scared the shit out of me the most was Jason Takes Manhattan. And I don't know why, but like, like I was like, no, Jason goes to New York. For real. Like, fuck, he's real. He's so close. He could like, he could get in a car and drive four hours here. Fuck. And I just remember, and then like, I would pick the, I'm going to grab a book here and it's actually a Stephen King book. It's running, man. But I'm going to like, like just mime this. I would turn around and I remember on the back, there's just like one photo and it's like, he's like coming through a window and grabbing some girl and choking her. And I was like, shit, (laughs) fuck out of me. And then I didn't see the movie till I was like 13 and it wasn't that scary. (laughs) No. No, and, and that's you've hit a, a nail on the head, head of the nail of a key horror thing that Hitchcock taught, which is if you allow the audience to fill in themselves, yep. they will scare themselves far more than you can. It's what you don't see is what gets you scared, kind of the thing. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Did you see Signs by M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah, I saw that in theaters with my mom. Yeah. So much scarier, right up until the point where that rubber hand comes out under the door, and then you're like, ah, fuck it. there's like last time i was home i was it was like actually a couple months ago now i was hanging out with a friend of mine and he was just showing me these just youtube videos of breakdowns of just movies and randomly he showed me this clip of two guys breaking down signs and Mm -hmm. I, i don't know what it was we were smoking the devil's lettuce so um (laughs) so i don't know where to find me i'll track down the link but there's so much like interesting things in that in the dialogue um in the beginning of that movie that are just details that kind of play into other things in the movie and one of them is in the opening scene when the dog is sick Mm -hmm. and i think his son the son tells mel gibson like oh we should take him to doctors such and such and Mel Gibson goes like, no, we're going to take it to this doctor. And the son goes, but he's not a vet. And Mel Gibson goes, well, he'll know what to do. And the reason is, is because the son was talking about M. Night Shyamalan's character, who was the guy who was in the accident with his wife. And I like when I heard that, I was like, no, no, that is so fucking detailed. Anyway, I don't know. I like M. Night Shyamalan. I thought he's caught a good second wind in his career lately. Um, oh, yeah. I don't I know. Really it's admire. up for debate, but oh no, I really admire him, and he's got that film coming out right now, Old, yeah. uh, which is based on that comic series or comic book. So it's going to be. That. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm. I don't know. I'm buying, but I'm. I'm excited. Um, he also he did an interview on Seth Meyers, which I'm a really big fan of. Um, t- talking about how he watches movies and he screams at at the characters, "You're making a choice." <laughs> Uh, and I feel like that's how I want to write films. I want to remind myself that M. Night Shyamalan can scream at me at any time. You're making a choice. <laughs> he's, in, he's incredible. I, I like him. Um, I, I was bummed out with like, I don't, I don't like to talk about directors, bad stuff, but even their bad stuff still could be good. But like the village, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you like it? I didn't. It didn't 
didn't hit right for me. Um, I, I kind of agree. It's a little, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it wasn't like, I loved Happening, which I think is another one that people don't particularly like. I want to revisit it. I haven't seen it since it Especially came out. Actually, now it's really like, oh, too soon. <laughs> but the Happening, I, I remember when it, it, it was like a summer release and I remember being at like a cookout and I had like my uncle was visiting and he just for some reason said like, oh, have you seen that? Have you seen The Village? And I was like, oh, no. And he's like, oh, you got to see it, man. It's so good. So good. And like, yeah, of course. Like, I, I mean, I watched every film he put out. And then so I it came out on DVD later in the year. I popped it on. And I don't, I don't know. It's got good actors in it, too. And it's oh, yeah. Like, phenomenal cast. But... And it's just. It just like once that twist hits, I just. I'm kind of like, oh, so I think I see what's going on here, but it still just didn't, I don't know. It doesn't know. elevate it to any kind of way where it makes it makes as much of a statement as many of his other pieces do. Like even his uh, comic series, even his comic series, uh, like uh, Unbreakable with Will uh, Bruce Willis and, and then how that went into Split. Like, fuck, that was that really was, good. And, and people cool. hated Unbreakable. Yeah, I, I loved Unbreakable. I, I thought it was... I thought it was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right, so, well, um, <laughs> what else? I mean, I, I don't know. What, oh, what else? Do you remember, I was going to say, we're talking about things that inspired us when we were children that also scared the living shit out of us. Did you read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Um, yeah. I, read, yeah. I rented that from the library a lot over and over again yeah i had my own copy of it we had to like keep it in the freezer or hide it in the toy chest like this the pictures in that are far worse and like remain brain burned in my brain to this day is it the I, there's different there's like different volumes right or there's three volumes yeah i don't know which one it was but there's the spider bite Oh, that, yeah, I think that's one in the very first couple ones, or maybe the first or second one. Yeah, that one, that painting alone, where like the spiders are bursting out oh, of her yeah. face. Do you need anything else? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't, I, I can't even remember which ones I've seen, or which, I, I don't, I know I've read them, but I read them when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but that the, the spider one to me, like that is, because I, I, I was arachnophobia straight up, but it's gotten better as I've gotten older. Like when I see a spider now, I, I, I do my best not to kill it because I, I actually recently had a spider in the shower <laughs> um, last week and I just, I don't know, I did my best to, con- I ended up killing it, unfortunately. But Well, you know, if, if it's a me or them situation, we know how it's going. Yeah, I just, I don't know, like I'm trying to, for reasons I won't talk about on the show, I'm trying to have some good karma right now. And I was looking at this spider like, motherfucker if i have to kill you like i don't want to but um i ended up killing it but like lately if i see something that doesn't creep me out too much i just get that container and everything get rid of it but arachno i was arachnophobia the movie too by the way um did us in have you seen the trailer for that recently i know it came out 30 years ago but I haven't seen the specific trailer, but I, I have watched the original movie multiple times. Okay, so I think Arachnophobia is like streaming somewhere right now as we record this. I think it like Hulu or Prime or something, but okay. that I just happened to stumble across the trailer and that movie, they, the trailer makes it look like a comedy. 
Like they make John Goodman and he kind of is in the movie, but John Goodman is kind of this bumbling, like pest control guy. And like Jeff Dan, like they have like that quirky nineties comedy music in like the trailer. And I'm like, you read the comments and it's like, yo, this is a fucking scary movie. I don't know what the hell is up with this trailer. But that's like, a, that's a good creek, almost like I'd call it like kind of a creature feature movie, but. Oh, absolutely. I feel like there was a film in the mid to late nineties with Nathan Fillion and it was like an arachnophobia, but it was like slugs or something. And people were, were getting very large from something that came from space. Is that um and that was like that was a comedy. Oh, it, it's James Gunn did it, I think. Oh god, I believe that. I, it's um, so like burned in the back of my brain that I'm I'm looking I'm just, it up now. I'm <laughs> I want to say it starts with an S. I um, I honestly know what you're talking about, but I cannot if we're thinking of the same thing, I'm trying to keep the conversation I going while I look it up. Nathan Fillion is in yeah, it. Yeah, I'm look. I got him up. I'm looking up his the film season. So we'll get to him from there. Nathan um, Fillion. Wow, he's done a lot of voiceover in DC films, but good for him. Oh my God, what is it? Uh, oh my God, I can't find it. No, we're gonna have to like edit it in later. So I'm just like for our viewers, the answer was. <laughs> I'm looking up because I'm I'm pretty sure what you're talking about is directed by James Gunn. I'm gonna look up his movies real quick. Um, Slither. Slither starts with an S. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Like kind of hilarious horror movie, but like arachnophobia, and a lot of people are susceptible to arachnophobia. In reality, is not a movie to go in. That's like watching. Um, is it Dark Waters, Deep Waters, the one where the two couples are scuba diving but the boat leaves away? It's Dark wa- Wow, I'm sucking. I'm, I'm just like, so, yeah, you <laughs> it's look Dark Water, I think. I can't remember shit. Um, but like watching that as if it's a comedy. Because <laughs> if you can watch that movie and get to the end and not just be crying. It, yeah, it's a. Like, but again, it's, it's a great. Con- yeah, it's a rom a, bob- a bottle episode, you know? Like that's one location. Yeah. Full circle with girl in the basement. Bring it, bring it back. No, that's that's cool. No, that's that's awesome that you're. I mean, I don't know. Like, what? I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just kind of going off of your social media pages, but you seem to be. And if I'm wrong, you know, we'll just edit this part out. But uh, you're like kind of into anime. I am a bit into anime, definitely. I, I'm right, a big fan of Attack on Titan. That's, I'm not going to lie about that one. Yeah. Um, I, I always feel hesitant to say I'm a big fan of anime because it gets so large that people are like, oh, so then you've seen Tishibon versus the Mega yeah. Man 2000. And I'm like, shit, no. That's, I'm okay. so happy you said that because you seem like, just based off your Instagram and whatever, um, you seem like quite a bigger anime fan than me, but like all I've really watched is like Studio Ghibli and uh, like a lot of like 80s and 90s anime, to be honest. And there's just big gaps in between. But I, I think a good place to start anytime somebody says to me, like, I'm interested in anime, but I don't know. I always go, well, have you seen Akira? Oh, oh, oh my God. That's that. I revisit that all the time. It's a wonderful crossover where you don't have to be a big anime fan or even an animated story fan to be able to access this and be like, 
Oh yeah, and it still holds up today. Yeah. Oh, it's um. It's beautiful. Gosh, it's like 35 years old almost. No, like almost there. It's it's pretty old, yeah. I got it on this stack of DVDs and Blu-rays behind me. It's it's probably the anime that I've revisited the most. And I don't even it's a pretty simple plot. Even though I'm sure if I was like doing acid, I'd find some more things going on. I mean, I, I'm not really into that kind of stuff anymore, you know. But like, but like, I'm sure if I watched it like when I was like in my early 20s, I'd been like, "Whoa, do you know? Like, did you?" But it's 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 definitely a good starting point. I one of my earliest memories of really getting into anime, and this is going to be a situation where I say a title and you might not know it and i just worship it there's a movie that came out i think in like around probably the same time as akira it's called uh demon city shinjuku oh yeah oh you know it (laughs) actually i do (laughs) i caught it on um like the stars channel in like the early 2000s when like they were also airing like ghost in the shell and stuff and ghost in the shell is another good like entry that's my second that's the one i was gonna say if you haven't seen a kid then go to ghost in the shell yeah those are like probably the two like titans of and then there's attack on titan which is more recently yeah i want to revisit that um attack on titan is incredibly violent so i always crib myself with recommending that to certain people but i feel like if you've never touched an anime ghost in the shell is a really good one that makes you ask a lot of questions about what it even means to be human and then it has its own series so you can go into like an episodic version of it um and you can really really delve into that that whole uh kind of philip k dick genre of of sci-fi which is really personally my favorite version of of sci-fi oh yeah i i have um where is it i'm just promoting my uh my books here your personal library here i got you know i got that right there so do do androids dream of electric sheep yeah it's superb like how many films alone off of just that one have been launched oh yeah no that's that's a blueprint for a lot of stuff mm-hmm. especially blade runner you know yeah god i love blade but, runner i love blade runner but i also i'm like does it have an open ending does it because i really yeah. feel like it does not like I love I love Blade Runner too, um, but I just I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I definitely love it. I respect it. Um, I break it down. There's things about it that I just don't like, but it, it's a to me it's a polarizing film. But I I love um, what the hell is his name? The actor? Ah, oh, we are not we. Oh, is it? Um... Oh my God, he's in Battlestar Galactica, right? You're talking about um, Edward James almost? No. <laughs> Damn it. I was, I was coming at you. Is um, Rutger Hauer. I'm talking about Rutger, Rutger Hauer. Oh, Rutger. And did you know he fucking ad libbed that entire Tears in the Rain shit? Yeah. Beautiful. That's uh that's I he's a phenomenal I mean he's since left us but he's a phenomenal actor he's a phenomenal actor in the genre I mean the hitcher I've seen a- every single one of his films actually even the really shite ones even even the one that is called Deadlock in America but it's called Wedlock in Australia I don't know um, 
Oh God, did you ever see, um, oh God, it's the movie with Vincent D'Onofrio and they're, it's, a, it's a sport called jugging. I think it's called, it's not blood sport, which is the one with Van Damme. Um, it's like futuristic apocalypse and they have this thing called jugging and they have to get dog heads on spikes while fighting to the death. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good. I'm, uh, I'm looking up his uh, filmography. I see, I'm just going to name some names off. Blind <laughs> Fury, which I just watched recently. Uh, Flesh and Blood. Split second. Oh, that's my, my, my husband has texted me from the other room. Blood of Heroes. Blood of Heroes. Okay. okay. I don't know your husband, but tell him I said thank you. Thank um, you. Thanks, God. Oh, that's right. He was the villain in Nighthawks with Stallone. Mm. Mm. And what about Ladyhawk? Oh, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, and Roderick and, and uh, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, that's, that's he's kinda, he's a staple of like, like these just reek like the, this art just reeks of VHS like eighties and nineties like straight to video. But then he pops up in Batman Begins. Um, I mean, you know, Blade Runner. Uh, what else does he pop? I'm sorry, I shouldn't just be sitting here on my phone, but I guess he was in Sin City. I don't oh yeah. Um, I guess he was, yeah, he's not, nah, he's, um, I don't know the guys like that, that were of that era that just kind of made these movies that may not be the greatest thing in the world, but they're just staples of the genre. I think are, I think are just fucking awesome. Like another one is, uh, Michael Ironside. I don't know if oh, you. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Michael Ironside right up, right up there. I mean, you knew what the directors were doing when they cast him in Turbo Kid. Yes. Like you just knew that they loved that that era, and we we're like, we got Michael Ironside. Um, also, I was thinking Clancy Brown. Yeah, and he's still going. Like, and he's going to be the bad guy in the new season of Dexter that's filming around here. I did not know that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, he's still around. He's probably one of the best character actors of the past thirty years. And then he goes and throws down and is the boss in, in uh, SpongeBob SquarePants as a voice actor. Like, <laughs> okay, sure, fine. <laughs> I mean, like, when I think, of, like, I'm not an actor. I'm, I mean, everybody tells me I should take a swing at it, but I, I don't know. But, but I, if I were to be, like, in front of the camera, I feel like I would want a career like those guys. You know, yeah. I know maybe they're not doing 20 million a picture, but if you're doing 20 million a picture, that causes a lot of problems in your life. If you ask me, I mean, they've, those guys have been working 30, 40 years as just, you know, doing five, six movies a year and anything in between. Uh, and I, well, yeah, I think um, character actor uh, Margot Martindale is another great example of um, someone who's just like, Bam, she's got 250 credits. But you know, you do one day on a set, which is really the ideal. Let's let's put it there. And oh you, yeah, dude. You don't want to be there for all 30 days. <laughs> everybody gets the flu together, you know, like, oh no. It's not as fun as they want it to seem. Like, we'll rent a hotel and we'll sleep on the floor. We'll be best friends. And you're like, oh, I'm so old. <laughs> Just what if someone come home? Yeah, when I, I mean, for cast, you're in, you know, talent, that's, it, but like for the last film I worked on was actually, 
a it wasn't made for um lifetime but it ended up getting sold to lifetime i, I worked on and here comes another character actor again um why am I blanking on names? It's, it's hard to remember, Karen. I, I <laughs> you were, this only has only happened. This has only happened on this episode. Like I can usually. Right, just right. I'm so high. It's it's messing you up. Is what it is. The smoke has just come through the camera. <laughs> I just can't fucking remember things, man. Sorry, man. It's. I worked on a movie that did three weeks up in, and this is when I was still like trying to make my own projects, and I was living back in New England, but I went up to. Um, Northern Maine. And I'm talking like fucking practically Canada. We were like an hour from Nova Scotia. Um, and I was only there for like actually a couple of days because I had to leave to go to a wedding. And then they just called me and said like, ah, we fired the sound person and uh, they're bringing their own assistant. So uh, you don't have to bother coming back. But I got to mic up Ted Levine, Buffalo Bill. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like... It was, I kind of, but like, I, I, it was my first experience really like shacking up in a hotel with all these other people I didn't know. And like, there was people from LA and New York coming in. There was a couple of locals from like Portland, Maine or down in Boston that drove up. Mm -hmm. I drove six hours up there, but yeah, just like, there was people on set. I remember that were just like, Oh, do you know, do you want to, we're going to go out and party like at this bar and everything. And they were like California people. And I was like, yo, we just worked like 14 hours. Uh, and we're in the town was Millinocket, Maine. And it's an hour from like, like Stephen King country. It's in like an hour past Bangor. I was going to say, it's not in here. <laughs> it's like way the fuck out there. And I just like remember telling people like, no, I'm no, and I wasn't even that, I wasn't even as old as I am now. I was like 27, 26 years old, 25 actually. And I was like, no, I, I no, just none of that. And, but Ted Levine though, it was actually really cool when I met him. Cause he just sounds like Buffalo Bill. Like he, he either sounds like Buffalo Bill or the voice of the trucker from the uh, joyride with Paul Walker. Yeah, because he's not doing a voice. He was just talking. Yeah. Yeah. Candy, candy cane. <laughs> Shit. It's hard to keep your cool because, you know, he's a human and you're interacting with him. You're putting a microphone on him, being professional. But then he does have that voice and you're like. <laughs> yeah. We were uh, all having breakfast with him before he we went out for a day of shooting. And the AD and, you know, you got to, I mean, not that he's like this massive superstar, but like when they told me like, oh, Ted Levine's in this. And I was like, Buffalo Bill. But, <laughs> but like, I still was kind of like, oh, cool. And then I got to work with him a little bit. But like one day at breakfast, the AD was just walking around. And finally, he just said like, I really liked you. I really like your work. And it was like, people didn't know what to do because we were like, whoa, uh, I might be crossing a boundary there. And he, and he just goes like, your work in Silence of the Lambs was awesome. Like, what was that shoot like? And he was actually cool. Like, he just kind of went like, yeah, I was, I was there for two weeks. Um, you know, he didn't really say much. He was kind of, you know, tight-lipped, but he wasn't mean or anything. No, no. Um, and he, uh, and then I remember like, the aide, like, I don't know the AD's name, but he just, he wanted to ask more about, obviously, like, of course, he's thinking, like, yeah, you know, you 
tucked your wiener between your legs and danced around and shit and but he couldn't do it so he finally just says like yeah i just really liked your work in that movie and ted levine just goes like i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna say any quotes <laughs> just but like he said it in a funny way and just kind of smirked and got up and walked away yeah, yeah but you've got to have a, a bit of a humor about yourself you know yeah. when you're typecast to that degree and it's now um but yeah, you, you know, in that, in all of that we've just talked about, we kind of hit a lot on on what it's like to be an actor and how exhausting it is now to be an actor, pandemic or post pandemic, because you're doing a you're doing a transition like, oh, for me. All right, I'm transition. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> of course, the segue. Awesome um, segue. Uh, it's it's exhausting now to do all of this like social obligation, additional work. Like think about most art where, you know, you can paint a painting if you want to paint a painting because you're compelled or you can write something as, as like screenwriters, we can, we can sit down and, and express, but like when you want to be an actor and you want to be doing film, there's so much like gatekeeping and social work and build up to even just be allowed to audition for the chance to be able to say the words that someone else wrote. Yeah. It, it, can you imagine after all that, what we've been through wanting to still do all of that? Cause I, a lot of my friends we're, we're like, I think we're going to see a, a lot of actors kind of stepping back and asking like, what else can I do right now? That isn't exactly this. I, I, I completely agree with you. I think, I think we all, every person, whether it's actors, not even just film people, you know, I think probably everybody took a good look at things and said, you know, I need to, I at least hope, I mean, there's obviously people out there that haven't, we've seen proof of that, or maybe mm -hmm. they're just not showing it. But I think a lot of people want to explore more things because maybe they don't know how much time they have. Exactly. And I mean, I personally have kind of gone through that the past year. I just, I think about it a lot. I've, I've definitely tried other things. I've definitely wanted to, I mean, I think one night, um, and my wife and I, we watched uh, soul on Disney plus the new, the new Pixar from yeah. end of last year. And there's a phenomenal message in that movie of just, slowing down and enjoying your life not always being in this hustle and bustle and you know is it going to happen for me or is it not it just taking time to enjoy it and I think like and she actually kind of said that to me she's like after the movie stopped she's like I think you could take note from that I think sometimes you work too hard and you want something quick and now and I, I was like yeah you're absolutely right. So I really think probably in the last year, I've just tried to have my hands in other things so I don't get worked up about something like screenwriting and oh, is it going to happen for me? Oh, yeah. That, that is a really great movie. Um, the uh, music teacher that it is based on is actually my high school music teacher, Mr. Archer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Small world. Um, yeah, it's uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I do recommend seeing it. And everybody seems to have Disney Plus now because we're all trying to watch Loki. I still haven't uh, started it. <laughs> me too. I wait till the end because I will not do that weekly shit. I will watch it all at once like a sick human being who doesn't move from the couch for seven hours. On the most recent episode as we record this, so it would have been a episode where we're just talking about what we're watching. 
um, I basically said like, I, I don't start those Disney plus shows till like after they've made their run. So yeah, it should get spoiled with, with this, I can just block everything that everyone is saying and then come back to it. Otherwise I start to read those articles where people are like postulating about it and someone will let too much go. I found that out watching Westworld where like, oh no, someone's crackpot theory was the actual result. Yeah, it's the internet can be a, I don't know what the word is, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I got nothing against geek culture, obviously, but I I don't, I don't read the, the websites that talk about, you know, that just say like, spoiler alert, if you didn't catch the, I just, I don't even think I follow those pages or things anymore. Not out of spite. I just, it's yeah. You try and keep it out of your, out of your feed, out of sight, out of mind. I think we're getting, I don't want to get too far away because I think you were like going on to something with, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah. So going, yeah, going back to that, like slowing down and, and trying to find another, another way to express another medium. I think that you're seeing a lot of like prevalence of TikTok. Uh, and I know that that can kind of seem like, oh, it's this viral thing that teens are getting into. But like personally, myself, I'm thinking as an actor, as a screenwriter, where could I kind of fit, push, move? Um, and I, and I keep finding myself thinking about um, long form storytelling, which is basically like monologues. Um, Cause you think about, um, actually I was listening to another interview today in which Amy Poehler was talking about how Nick Offerman used to do uh, monologues for the Upright Citizen Brigade. Okay. And this like, or even Hannah Gatsby who did um, Nanette, the Netflix standup what's it's kind of like, it's in between stand-up and it's in between just her telling you or talking at you for an hour or so. Um, and how that is kind of a form of acting and kind of a form of screen telling and, and kind of a form of getting people to think about something differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would, I would love to see more of that. I would love to engage in more of that. Um, I think TikTok is a small, uh, biteable form of that. Where you can find it, there are people who are just telling interesting stories, uh, even just fucking hilarious stories. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, I think um, I, I agree with you. I think TikTok's actually really. I, I I don't have TikTok. I don't know what the hell I can contribute to it, but I actually think it's a really cool thing. And I, we've obviously seen proof. There's been artists getting signed to labels from mm-hmm. that. It, it's. I don't know. There'll be like some new song out there that there was a song. I, I don't know the name. and I don't even know the artist, but I remember it came out beginning of the summer and it was such a catchy tune. I, oh my God. I, I'm not going to look it up. I'm not going to look it up. Anywho. Anywho. But I was like, who the fuck is this artist? And after the song played on the radio, it was while I was at work. And they're like, yeah, she's the new such and such that was discovered on TikTok. So it's definitely a medium that is proving successful for people. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think the, like, the streamers are going to, all the streaming companies are going to be open to a lot more like projects. Like, um, do you see a... Uh, Bo Burnham's inside. I love I've loved Bo Burnham for for almost like a decade now. I think really? he's really and that's exactly that is exactly what I'm actually talking about. Yeah. That kind of space between comedy and like you're having an emotional experience, you're being told a story. Yeah. 
Um, and he like, you know, he did that himself. Yeah. And like, I think we'll see very soon and it's still kind of happening. We'll see, you know, I think place like Netflix, I think will give guys like him or anybody else, like, you know, here's some money to go make something on your own that doesn't have to be like this two and a half hour epic thing. And yet it can still have an impact. Mm-hmm. And I, I, to be honest, that movie didn't really turn me on to him. I'd always heard of him and I didn't really see, know any of his stand-up. So I didn't have an, a, even if it's not really stand-up, um, but I, I didn't really have an opinion on him, but I did see his directorial debut. Um, yes. Eighth grade. yes. That was that. so good. And she, I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head, but yeah. that just felt like the eighth grade. That felt like preteen where you're just, you're not, you know, all the other supporting roles in that movie, all the kids at all the parties, uh, you know, I just, I knew those kids, those little asshole kids. And like, I, you know, she's a, she's a preteen girl in the eighth grade, but like I identified with her so much. Yeah, because it's very well written in that way. I, yeah. I think it's very accessible, um, which is something that I like about him. He's an ex- incredibly accessible comedian. Uh, a lot of his comedy is done with with the piano, um, mm-hmm. which is also, you know, very driven. You still wind up singing the stuff after you leave, <laughs> even as ridiculous as it winds up being. The the white woman song in Inside <laughs> was such a like... <laughs> <laughs> And that's one of those things where I'm like, this is fucking hilarious, but it's so goddamn true. And where are we at as a society? <laughs> yes. Yes. So anyway, um, we've touched on Girl in the Basement. We've touched on just the things that have inspired you. Mm-hmm. I know you've kind of been working on some things that you got to keep tight lipped or you don't even know if they're going to. I don't want to jinx myself for being like, I'm about no. to work. And thing. I don't want to, I don't want to jinx you either because. Oh. I think getting something off the ground right now is, I don't know, it's complicated. I'm dealing with it too, so. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, funding and availability. And then really what a lot of the, a lot of it is finding a location that works under COVID protocols right now. That's yeah. um, just really hard. It just really, really is. Although, you know, with vaccination rates going up, particularly in the state of Massachusetts, which is at like a, 75% plus rate vaccinated. Um, you know, it'll turn, it'll get better. You guys are doing great. I'm down in Florida and you know, they don't, they, I mean, COVID was over last year. Like, like that's. <laughs> I never even really got it, right? No, nobody, no, nobody got it. No big deal. I mean, no, it's, it's, a, I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. I, I, my wife is, and you know, pretty much everybody in our family is whether they wanted to or not. <laughs> I'll cut that part out. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there are places like Australia where like 7% of people are vaccinated. It's just like shite rollout. Like they're yeah. not doing what they should be doing. Um, and there are people who are just like, don't want to do it. Like Tennessee just decided to rule against allowing anybody to tell teens about vaccinations of any kind, period. No, I... I... I don't know. It's, it's, I think I, I hope and pray, even though I'm not a praying man, maybe I should be, I don't know, but that the worst of the at least the last year is behind us now. Um, but I, I just hope we can kind of all go forward and from here and, but no, you guys are doing good up there, which is good. 
I'm very curious to see what kind of art we wind up getting out of this and, and what kind of like, as you know, as actors are now becoming content creators, how that's going to shift, uh, you know, because a lot of people were one thing or the other. I'm an actor, I'm a, I'm a writer, you know, but what will we start to see? And it might be, might be interesting. It might, might kind yeah. of be a little weird for a while. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. So you're a lot of things. And we've touched on that tonight. One thing I want to mention before we just call it a call it a wrap here. Mm -hmm. I know you, and I don't want to screw up the title, but I know you do a lot of like all acrobatic uh, aerial circus. Aerial, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Aerial <laughs> circus, but I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Oh yeah, sure. Well, it's, you know, don't don't worry about getting the terminology right because there's like so many different some people call it chiffons some people call it tissues some people call it aerial fabric like okay um aerial circus is the broad term for like uh trapeze and lira and any kind of thing that would hang from the circuit from the ceiling um and i do aerial fabric which is the two separate pieces that hang from the ceiling and then you you know you wrap yourself up you climb in there you make different shapes you you release and drop and catch yourself um I, I'm also a competitive fencer, and I think that I, think I knew that. Yeah. yeah, but because the thing is, somebody dared me. A friend of mine who was into circus dared me to try circus, and I dared him to try fencing, so we could determine which one was actually more like physically demanding on the body. Um, and uh, I, it doesn't fucking matter because circus was so goddamn addictive. I was like, damn it, now I have two hobbies. Um, <laughs> So yeah, you know, that, that's kind of what I do. Uh, How long have you been doing it? Good question. If you don't oh. want to answer that, I'm well, sorry. That's one of those questions where I'm like, I don't know. No, I do know because my husband broke both his wrists the week wrists the week I started, and then we adopted a cat. So it's exactly as long as as old as my cat, which was 2012. Okay. All right. So somebody else did the math. I thought like you were going to be like uh, about like, I don't know, 27 years or so. I don't know. Like I was getting where like, this was like a childhood thing. And I don't oh, know. No. I fenced since I was 11. That's okay. a childhood thing. Yeah. My brother cut my eye with a piece of metal when we were like scrapping. Um, and I couldn't see out of this eye. I didn't have any peripheral vision. So I had to take a gym and, and in New York city, they had two options that didn't involve a ball, which involved depth perception. Um, breakdancing and fencing and breakdancing was full mm. so I took fencing and of course found I, I quite it's you know stabbing people is very rewarding <laughs> yeah. I'm Maybe. sure there's therapy in it just dude seriously and teaching you know teaching that as a sport where like the kids piss you off you just smack them around a little and you're like <laughs> oh they pay me for <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious Whereas okay. in circus, we're like, no, it's good. We're being great. Okay. Um, lastly, today or tonight, whatever, whenever this comes out, um, you told me just real quick, you bought a haunted house. What's Yeah. So, like, and not like I went out and I bought a haunted house on purpose. Because, <laughs> you know, as, as someone properties who, all over. It took the real estate test in New England. It is required in Massachusetts if you ask the real estate agent if the house has ever been purported as haunted or if someone died, they have to tell you. They don't have to disclose it, 
they have to tell you. In New Orleans, they disclose it, like it'll say haunted or not haunted on the sign outside the house. Um, but we bought this house because it just seems so quirky and strange. Um, it has a two foot pulpit in it, like a church pulpit, like a big mm -hmm. metal pulpit with like church symbology and then a book, like a little, you know, a little lectern for, for reading the Bible. And of course there's a piece of wood with, with, with creepy Latin inscribed upon it. Um, That's which, you, know, you know, it's serious. Harkening back to things that inspired me, Event Horizon, a film featuring the first time I ever saw Creepy Latin and was yeah, like, that I, is a that is a fucking classic cult classic classic, whatever you want to call it now, because it's so catching its audience, I feel. But it's so I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the Creepy Latin and that also teaches you that the importance of grammar in Creepy Latin, if you've seen the film, because, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> um, so those are things that we found in the house and we thought you know what, I'm gonna buy this house anyway because I love it and having moved into the house and lived in the house um you know I have the room that I'm actually in right now is a room that has a lot of the problems uh actually you can see behind me there's a, like half of a mural that I started uh as I was painting it there there's a like tiny child's handprint that showed up in the paints and, you know, like, I'm going to send you photos when we're done so that you can experience the things I'm telling you. Um, so you're like, oh, boy, it doesn't like when we renovate. Um, this is also the room that you can hear the music box in, which is that a tiny music box will play in the distance that you can kind of hear, which you can't totally make out. Also, creepy Latin and creepy music box and creepy children what is this, a cliche? <laughs> and the creepy music comes out of the wall that my cats just stare at, just stare at endlessly in the middle of the night, which doesn't make me feel very much better. Although my husband is like the husband from every horror movie ever. Oh, because he walks yeah. around and is like, there are mice in the wall. That's why the cats stare at it. You're not hearing a music box. You're hearing wind chimes in the distance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of like that too. Uh, <laughs> I oh, mean, my house is a pretty new, it's like a little over a decade old, but uh, yeah, I, I do that when I hear drafts, you know, my wife's, my wife, we don't have a gun, mm -hmm. but um, my, my wife has a uh, Michael Myers, OJ Simpson kitchen knife, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> like next to the bed because i used to work nights so like she'd mm -hmm. sleep alone for part of the night till i got home because she gets up early for work and like if someone broke in she's just like laying there ready to get her left hand out to just get someone if they come in there she oh, still boy. has it next to her i don't know but it's better funny. that way you know but yeah, I'm just like a typical, I mean, that's the thing with guys like, you know, oh, my wife will be like, what was that? And I'll just get up and be like, okay, I'm going to go risk my life now in case it is something. To... <laughs> well, his, his, um, his office radio is like a bunch of radios, like old, cause he's got nice speakers, but we're, you know, we're old now. So it's like old actually amped into stuff. Um, and so it will turn itself on and play music in the middle of the night. 
To which he responded, you know, that's uh, that's just a new feature for Pandora. You can you can set a timer where it will just play music whenever. And I must have set it for when I am. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, but by far the best part of all of this, which is, you know, the part where you're just like, oh, of course. Um, he was coming down a tree outside and, uh, you know, found a rock at the base of the tree and like turned the rock over and found out that it was the gravestone for a Civil War era grave. Wow. And we still haven't found the plinth. We found the top part, the marker, but we don't know where the actual bottom part is because the woman who lived in this house, like she, she kind of got old and decrepit and you know, like you do in a haunted house. Uh, and no one's been outside in the back for like 10 years. So it's just like overgrown with ivy and, and apparently an unmarked grave now. So um, I, I guess this will be the inspiration for an Amityville reboot or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, you know, that's a the next time you see me, I'm like, oh, I'm 50 pounds lighter. And I just keep, there's a hundred clocks on the wall, all set to specific times. I'm sweating. I'm like, no, stuff's good, Tyler. How's stuff with you? Why? I'm like in a movie next week, huh? You haven't blinked this entire episode. <laughs> yeah, you can't, don't blink. That's when they see you. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, um, so good luck with your haunted house. Uh, please don't, you know, I, I hope it's just, you know, a creepy ghost and you're not, you know, summoning like a demon or something. Let's not talk about that. Um, you know, they always say don't don't acknowledge my you know my sister's like as long as you don't acknowledge it <laughs> <laughs> but um this was like really really fucking awesome like you should probably come back and be a regular or something i don't know we'll oh yeah i would love to totally i feel like there's a lot of topics like we touched on with like video store days and just horror movies mm -hmm. and just actors from that era that like character actors that we could have got on for like another three or four hours but um, we got to save that for another day. Um, yeah, and if we ever got me started on video games, that's a whole other shit show. Yeah. Um, so just a big, big thank you for coming on. Is there anything you want to plug? Where can we stalk you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram pretty regularly right now as a little deadly creature. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, trying to put stuff out there, content out there right now. Um, I, do, I, I own a TikTok, but I own a TikTok in the way anyone over 35 owns a TikTok, which yeah. is so I can log in and see TikToks that people at work want me to see. Yeah, it's like my father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, if so, if somebody did something, I'm, I'm going to bring it up right now. I swear to God. Um but that's probably, you know, you can also see Girl in the Basement. Uh, you can get it on VHX. If you find me on Little Deadly Creature, you can see how to get it. It's actually free if you want to watch it. Uh, you just have to put in the code INSTA, I-N-S-T-A, uh, and then you just get the movie for free and you can check it out. All right. That's awesome. Again, this was such a fun time. Thank you for coming by the basement. And um, if you're listening, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment on Apple Pod, Spotify, Google Pod, iHeartRadio, Podbean. I think I said everything of where the hell you can find this show. Um, this is my fifth time saying this, but thank you. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week on the basement. Take care. Bye.